Hey, aloha, everybody. This is Jeff Reinbold. It's another week, and it's another show, another Coffee with Coach. It is Memorial Day weekend here in the United States. And, uh, Michael, you guys have, have a bank holiday weekend coming up this week, too, don't you, in, in the U.K.? People, yes. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Uh, people in the U.K. are off this Thursday and Friday for the Jubilee, and then people in Ireland are off the following Monday for bank holiday. So, um yeah, I'm in, I'm in Northern Ireland, which means I'm off uh, Thursday, Friday, and I'm heading away to Spain, which means this is why this is pre-recorded. <laughs> so I apologize. <laughs> you know, let me tell you that if you look at the Hawaiian flag, inside the Hawaiian flag is the Union Jack, and there's a long, long history between the island and the UK. And in commemoration of Jubilee, the Queen's Jubilee this weekend, 70 years on the throne, right? We are going to have a invitational croquet match in our backyard, and we will have finger sandwiches, <laughs> finger sandwiches, and we'll your backyard, drinking. yeah. In our, in our backyard, we are going to have a. Everybody has to wear white. It will have a croquet match in in honor of the Queen's Jubilee, and um, right now my wife uh, Leslie is is the odds-on favorite to win. So, but you know it's game day, so I'll I'll compete. Can this be live streamed somewhere, or can, can this be watched on social media <laughs> the weekend? <laughs> I don't know if any, anybody wants to see it, but we actually have people from, uh, you know, Canada will be represented, South Africa will be represented. There's a, a Commonwealth community over here. I'm sorry, I was unable to find any any uh, Irish, but hey, we'll we'll be all right. You'll have to, you may have to do a uh, cameo. For the Commonwealth, okay. Well, I'll, I'll I'll try my best, Jeff, and I'll I'll try and. Uh, Wait, I'll... looking for somebody from Wales. If anybody from Wales wants to come over and join us, we'll we'll take care of you. But maybe you could throw out the first croquet ball. You know, you'd be. <laughs> There's times I love having dual. I love having dual citizenship and dual nationality. And now is one time croquet in Hawaii. Uh, talking about um, traveling. You've been very vocal, Jeff, about this college game in Ireland over the last few days. I've seen the announced the time, 5.30 local time here. That's that's late, man. It's a good time because, like, it's, it's a good. But I've seen a couple of tweets. Are, are you planning to fly over? Is it something you haven't told me or something? Or what's going on? I tell you, it's, if I can get there, I'm going to get there because it's such an amazing thing to think about. Nebraska and Northwestern, two Big Ten Western Division foes. That's a big game because both of those teams – didn't have good years last year, but both those teams are talking about significant improvement this year. And Northwestern has been in the hunt for the Western Division title in the past. And I think this is going to be a great game. And and what's amazing, Michael, and I think this is what the fans will see when they go to the game, the intensity, the pageantry, the tradition, all of that stuff in college football is, you know, like the NFL's 100 years old. College football, you know, these teams have played, have been playing this game for 150 years. It's much older than than pro football is. So the traditions are so strong and the passion is so strong because nobody ever graduated from the Chicago Bears, right? Nobody ever graduated from the Denver Broncos. These are people who it's their school, their state, their pride, you know. And so I think it's I think fans, if they come to the game, are really going to enjoy watching the the whole thing, the whole deal around you know college football hey let's talk about the nfl uh justin fields a lot of a lot of positive stuff coming out of chicago about justin fields development matter eberflus has been in you know just like 
gushing about how hard he works, what a great guy he is, what a great leadership role he's begun to take, how he corrects his teammates positively. Um, there's a, apparently a story about he and Darnell Mooney were in the facility till midnight the other night, walking through the plays that they were going to you know, put in in OTAs the next day. You know, I know it's early, but certainly if you're a Bears fan, that's got to make you feel pretty good. We were saying just because they don't really have a standout wide receive wide receiving core, Justin Fields is saying it doesn't really matter. They've got a great bunch of guys that are you know talented as the group, and they're looking to him as a leader now in, in the locker room. Um, I'm intrigued to see how he's going to play as a neutral in the situation. You know, you want that division to be competitive. For it to be competitive, you need the Vikings, the Bears, and and the Lions to 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 try and match Green Bay. So it's it's intriguing to see what he, what what he's going to do this year. Um, the whole talk of him staying up to half twelve at night, Jeff. I've been around the ringer the last four or five years with quarterbacks for my team. I, I don't know, like I had quarterbacks that were sitting in the room with each other, but it was actually their COVID tracker sitting opposite and stuff. You know, I think it's great. Um, long way to go. It's 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 not silly season right now, but I mean, Mac Jones is is in the best is in the best nick of his life apparently in terms of his own body. So that's the sort of situation we are in now. Uh, the Bears is a intriguing project. They have a lot of fans in the UK, a lot of fans in Ireland. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happens this season with Justin Fields. Those young receivers, I mean, they've got to show up because Mooney's good enough. The question mm. is, are the guys around him? St. Brown and the guys that they brought in, they lost a lot of good football players at that position. And, you know, Eberflus got his hands full. You know, he lost Khalil Mack. The Bears are in a full rebuild, and, and that's going to take some time, I'm afraid. And I know he's not a wide receiver, Jeff, but I really like Cole Komet. I, I liked yep. him last year, and his, his potential is, for me, through the roof. If they can get him in the right plays, the right sort of skill sets. So, again, it's the Bears are... I, I would look at the Bears in terms of potential in a far better way than I would look at the, the New York Giants, for example. I do think Justin Fields has got more of a chance to succeed in Chicago than jo Daniel Jones does. I know you were talking about this last Ooh, week. Yeah, that's I, I, that, that, that's a big statement. Where, where um, is a statement out of Ireland today? Uh, <laughs> hey, you know what? Um, we, I think we got a Bears question, so we'll get back to the Bears here in a second. But there's yeah, some yeah. news. Um, Jadavian Clowney back with the Browns. He's all excited about pairing up with the Miles Garrett again. Uh, you know, I, I looked at Clowney's career. Interesting, Michael, as, as much money as he's made in the National Football League, he has never had, not one time in his career, a double-digit sack season. And, uh, you know, that would be a huge accomplishment for him. And, you know, that's the kind of play the Browns are going to need. I think the Browns are going to be better. Uh, obviously, he's excited about playing with uh, with Watson at quarterback. Um, but again, I think the Browns are, are another one of those teams we're going to have to watch real close. They could they could maybe win five, six more games, depending on how Watson goes with the you know with his suspension issue. So there's a lot of questions about that. But there's no question that today uh, not not Clowney. I'm talking about David and Joku. David and Joku. How about that? How about that? Big. You ever watch WWF, Jeff? Attention. Pardon me. You ever watch the World Wrestling Federation? Uh, yes, night? I do. Sh Shane O'Mac, here comes the money. <laughs> yeah. Well, 50, 56 million. Jeez, I mean, that's 
56 million dollar contract extension right and a lot of it guaranteed money and that's that's the biggest thing when you yeah he's it. got 15 touchdowns in five years that's what i'm saying it's the cost of doing business in the national football league i mean <laughs> there are guys making millions and millions of dollars can you imagine how you know some of the great tight ends of the, of, of the past look at these salaries and go what are you kidding me you know i mean kellen winslow senior imagine that as great a player as he was and all the touchdowns that he scored this guy's making 56 million he scored 15 in three years um the ravens are doing some positive things in the back end of that defense signing players getting players back healthy but reading the article in on nfl.com mike the thing that impressed me was they're talking about uh adding to the scheme you know mm-hmm. Martindale, the the defensive coordinator there is a friend of mine. I love Wink. Uh, he's a great coach. He and Rob were together last year, but that defense was historically bad last year. And part of the fact was that they were pr- they were all pressure and nothing else. And then they lost their cover guys, and the pressure couldn't hold up. The, excuse me, the coverage couldn't hold up, and and they got just gave up more touchdowns than any time in his you know Raven history. Um, and you know, then now they're talking about diversifying the scheme, playing more zone, playing guys in different positions so that they do get injuries, that they can handle it better. So I think all positive steps from a coaching standpoint right now uh, with the Ravens. Marcus Mariota is in the news. Uh, again, he's excited to get back on the field, he says. And, and one of the things that I thought was really interesting was, you know, we, we talked about uh, – should the veteran quarterback nurture the young guy? Should he should he mentor the young guy? Well, there's what another. Do you, think? do you think he should? Oh no, I no question. I think that's what a good teammate does, right? And mm. I, I was impressed. Now knowing Marcus, I know I know that this kind of way he is. But he talked about his, part of his role was to help mentor Desmond Ritter, and that's I think that's what good teammates do. I I, I just I don't get that bit about it's not my job it's everybody's job to have help everybody and and uh you know ryan Tannehill, i'm sure regrets what he said although if he feels that way you know um i i just really think that's a selfish attitude to take lamar jackson is responding to criticism that he's not in otas he said i'll get there i'll get there guys i don't get it I don't get you are the leader. You said the same thing last week about the who was it last week? I don't get it. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, yeah, that's what it was. You want to be the leader, you want to be the face of the franchise. Well then lead. Get out front and lead. And you know I don't know, Jeff. I've the you can bookmark this. Thirty first of May, Tuesday the thirty first of May. I have the Ravens going far this season as it stands. I have I think they're gonna do very well this year. I don't doubt that they're and they're going to be healthy again. They got new blood in the coaching. Staff. Lamar has to go for it this year as well. He has to go for it this year. Back year, yeah. And so again, but all of that, just all that aside, I just don't, I don't understand a quarterback that would not be in, especially at his point in his career, right? Hmm. And with all of the changes that that and coming off of a bad year, everything. W- they're all things that tell you my job now as the leader of this football team is to get in there and show, you know, work harder than anybody in the building, right? But, yeah, I mean, for, for me, I've never played in the NFL, but, you know, the, the offseason is long enough. You're getting paid a lot of money. You have a lot of potential there. 
I'd be looking to get back in from day one. You know, it just doesn't really make sense to me. I I completely agree with you here. Before we get to the questions, because there's a lo- there's actually there's like there's like ten right. Um, your your leads stayed up. Did, did we talk about this last week? We did, yeah. My man, right there. I'm giving you one of the tip of the cap to the white. Here they done well in the last day, Jeff. I mean, now this is it. Fair play to them. Now they got to restock that roster. They got to get better. They got to get better players. They got to get free agency. <laughs> hey, it's 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 every sport, Mike. It's every sport. Hey, a uh, couple news items. One positive, one negative. Uh, we'll start with the negative news, so we can finish on a positive note. But um, Jeff Gladney, the young 25-year-old DB from the Arizona Cardinals, died in a car accident um, the other night. Uh, it's right now being investigated by Dallas police. Uh, Gladney was a first round draft pick of the Vikings out of TCU, had a good rookie season, got himself in some trouble off the field. The Vikings cut him. Um, he, he, it was a domestic violence issue. He was proven innocent. Uh, Arizona signed him in the off season, was really looking forward to him helping their secondary. And again, uh, you know, that old saying, nothing happens good after one o'clock. And, and apparently it was at, real late at night and we don't know the details of it but terribly sad that a young guy was taken away at that age and again i I just encourage everybody out to do not drink and drive i mean you know what's amazing about this mike if there was alcohol involved i I don't know if there was or not but the nfl has a policy where if you're an nfl employee and you've been drinking you've been out with your friends even if you went to dinner and had three glasses of wine or whatever you can call and they will send a car to pick you up and take you wherever you you do not have to drive mm. and still we have problems with guys drinking and driving so that's one of the things we gotta we gotta you know take a look at and guys gotta understand man it's just especially when it's late at night it's not worth the risk all right now let's finish with some positive news and it comes from the canadian football league our guy, Tag are, are, Leader. Hold on. Are they back? I seen they were on strike. What's going on? They, they settled their work dispute uh, on Thursday of last week. Friday, Hamilton plays Montreal in the first game of the season. And it's a back and forth game the whole game. Uh, Hamilton gets the ball. They're, they're down by one with, um, I don't know, less than 30 seconds to play. They get the ball, run a play throw a long pass on second down, pass interference against Montreal, moves the ball all the way up, spot foul, moves it all the way up. And with no time left on the clock, Irishman, tag leader, trots onto the field and bangs a 35-yarder through the uprights to win. And after the game, I I tweeted his comments after the game because I thought they were priceless. Because Michael, he goes out, and kicks the field goal, right? And the entire sideline rushes the field. And he it shows him turn around. And I thought he was going to run away from everybody. He didn't realize. I don't think he realized that that's what they were doing. But interestingly enough, Tag has only played 10 games of pro football at any level. 10 games of football at any level. And he gets called on, no time left on the clock, and he responds. And w- Now, that doesn't mean he's going to make the team, but what a great – for the rest of his life, he'll remember that moment. I I was saying to you off camera, I woke up and seen this on Sunday, and I was like, this is class. Like, like 
what can you say? And then about two hours later, I seen the interview and it was class. Fair play to him. Like, I mean, unreal. Um, you just hope that obviously, I, 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 I personally think that Ty will get a shot in the CFL this year. Hopefully with the, with the Tiger Cats, if not with, with, with a different team. I can't see why he wouldn't, you know, because he's, albeit a preseason game, he's showing there that he can handle himself under pressure. And I'm sure for him in that moment, that's pressurizing. Those guys didn't have a lot of time preseason because, or like in, in training because of the strike. So for him to to move um, to Poland, halfway across the world, going over to Canada, it's it's a big thing, and I wish him all the very very best. I'm gonna keep my Irish hat on here, even though all the UK and European ones listening here are going shut up. Um, man, we're we're buzzing. Like we've a couple of boys, boy playing for the Chargers practice squad team, and boy playing for the Saints. This has to be the year. Um, I, I personally, it's first. It would be the first time since 1985 if it happened in the NFL. Hoping Ty keep going in the CFL. Wish him all the best. And to all the Irish lads that I haven't realized your name yet because I'm trying to get into college football, I apologize. But uh, delighted for Ty. Fantastic. Um, I text him. I think his phone's not working on WhatsApp. So Ty, if you want to give me a shout, feel free. But uh, good news. Um, I, think it's, I think it's fantastic news. Think about this, Michael. You got three guys right now, Irish kids playing professional football, mm. right? The CFL, after that game, had to cut down. They had to cut 10 players, so they had to go down to 75 players. Tag survived the cut, right? There's one more cut he's got to make now. So <laughs> they play again on Saturday night in Toronto. So unless something changes during the week, he's going to get one more opportunity to go out there and kick in professional football. And, you know, he has to, he's going to have to survive the cut, but he's still there. Three guys off the Emerald Isle. I think that's an awesome, awesome thing. So all you young Irish kids realize that your dream can come. Keep kicking the ball. Speaking of young Irish kids and dreams coming true, Wednesday this week. Now, I want to make sure on this. So, so give me one second. I'm going to look this up. Are you announcing that I'm going to Spain or what? what, I'm going going on holidays, Jeff. I'm not moving there. Bigger than you going to Spain, my man. It is much bigger than that. This week, all right, on Wednesday, the Rainbow Wanderers, oh. a <laughs> soccer team in Ireland, in Dublin, is going to play for the conference championship, all right? So it's all down to one game. So if you want to follow them, all right, go to Rainbow underscore Wanderers, and they are a they use a rhinoceros as their team symbol, right? And you can watch, you can see you've got clips of the games, the previous wins that they've had. It's a dynamic team. Uh, it's I'm proud of them. They're going to play this Wednesday night in Dublin for the championship. And again, I'm hopeful that they they'll come away as as. Uh, are they based Irish, in Dublin or what? Huh? Irish Irish college students. Right, and they're playing in the college league, and they are their first year together, and they're playing in the championship game. So, I've spent thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on this team, getting players. <laughs> oh, gee, right here. All right, let's take some, let's take some questions, buddy. Before we take some questions, uh, we've seen um, a guy that would be connected. He was on the draft. Jeff Stewart Love put up a post on, on Twitter this week. He's going through a few things and uh, just want to wish him the very best. I, I know you tweeted that earlier on and uh, just obviously Stuart, all the best. I know it's it's been a difficult time recently, so uh, just all the best, man. 
Yeah, I think it's important to understand that, you know, we're all a family here. We're all a community, and that's not just something you talk about. It's something that you really do. And Stewart has been a great fan. He's been a tremendous, tremendous fan, Steeler fan, um, and been a, you know, big part of our broadcast at Sky, a big part of our, you know, taking uh, our road trips throughout the U.K., and he's battling with some demons right now. And, and again, those are things that, you know, I, I, first of all, I commend his courage to come out and, and talk about it. And second of all, you know, just Stu, we just want you to know that we got your back and, and, uh, you know, again, we're supporting you. You can do this. It's you're a champion and, and, uh, you'll do what champions do and that's fight it. So good luck to you, my man. All right. Now, well said, Jeff, well said. Um, Seven questions. We'll try and roll through these. Neil Dutton, big big fan of yours, Jeff. Uh, from more, huh? From Neil Dutton on on Twitter. From I know Neil Dutton, but what's the deal here? What's the rule? We got I know. I look. I I know he's from from England. I know he's part of various different podcasts, waxing lyrical uh, as well. So I'm literally reading this off now, Neil. So um, he says, with more teams employing split safeties in order to, to limit explosive plays in the passing game, do you think that teams may start to run the ball more than they have over the last few years? I think it's an interesting thing, and it's a great question by a guy that understands the game. Because what Neil's talking about is teams employing two high safeties and basically playing a lot of what we call cover four where if the if a receiver goes deep, the corner goes deep, the safety goes deep, and you have four deep players and as opposed to two or three, which is standard in the NFL, you're going to get more and more of this coverage because abilities, people are throwing the ball vertically down the field more. But I do believe that football runs in cycles, and when you play cover four, one of the challenges you, with it is that you're usually playing with a thin box, what we call a thin numbers in your box, and so just think about it this way. Teams in 11 personnel, which is the personnel group that most NFL teams use now about 70% of the time, one tight end, one back, three wide receivers. There's a tight end and a, and a wide receiver to the field, two receivers into the boundary. Well, you counter on defense by playing the strong safety high, the free safety high, and then the corners will read number two. If number two goes vertical and threatens the middle of the field, which is where two deep, normal two deep shells uh are susceptible to big plays, the corner will then match the wide receiver up the field and they'll play short underneath. Normally, when you play two high safeties, you have five under two deep. When you play cover four, you've got three under four deep. So, again, it does leave you shy, it does leave you shy in the box. It's a great football question, and it's the kind of one that hopefully one day we'll get the technology with this thing where I could actually diagram that for you on uh much like we do use the telestrator at sky we, we, we haven't got the resources for that come on come on come on you are you big money <laughs> right right uh neil thank you very much for that comment and i i'm sure neil's very happy after that eagles draft or after the last few moves and free years and say um reese not from the uk says hi jeff is the ravens lack of an experienced number one wide receiver going to be an issue this season or will mark andrews a running game, plus a little bit of Rashad, of Rashad Bateman and their star-studded defense, get them home field advantage in the playoffs. I'll start off with my answer. Absolutely it will. They'll be grand. I think they'll be... You are really bullish. On, you are really bullish on the Ravens, huh? I don't know. I've, just got, I've got a feeling this year is a big year for the Ravens. 
that's crap analysis, but I just I something's saying to me the Ravens in the same way last year goes the Rams. The Rams like I'm like okay, well the Ravens. Okay, Ravens. you know I I think I think um, the Ravens will get back to playing Raven football. You see the way they drafted. They drafted to their DNA. They're going to be better. They're going to be better up front offensively. Bateman will I think be everything that Hollywood Brown was. I'm looking for James Prochet that receiver that they got out of SMU to take another step next year. Andrews was, is always going to be the number one guy when you talk about that offense and, and Lamar Jackson. And Lamar's going if Lamar can stay healthy, he's got to stay healthy because, you know, they've got Hundley and Huntley as their backup quarterbacks, but neither of those guys is Lamar Jackson. So, again, I like the Ravens too. I just think that it's so much of it's going to come down to health and the development of those young receivers. Mickey Richardson from England, which rooks will have the biggest impact on their teams this year? Well, great question, uh, Nikki. The I think, you know, you look at the guys that were drafted high. I think Sauce Gardner has a chance to be a dominant player. I think Hutchinson, everything I've heard out of Detroit is that Hutchinson is exactly what they thought he was going to be. Great effort. You know, smart, tough, spends, you know, every waking hour trying to be a better football player, whether that's in the weight room, in the meeting room, whatever. Where I think Hutchinson's going to have a little bit of an advantage, this is interesting. I think he's going to, Dan Campbell said this, and I thought about it when I heard him say it. You know, he's going to go against two really good tackles every day in practice. And that's going to help him when he gets to the games because he's not going to see a Penny Suell every week and he's going to see that guy every day in practice so he's going to go against good players they got two good tackles and he's going to go against good players every day that'll give him an advantage i'm i'm fascinated to see what travion's going to do in jacksonville um I, I like stingley if he can stay healthy and you know stay motivated uh, there's just a ton of those young kids i think are going to be great players um you know, you, you look around, and, and I think Brees Hall is another guy, Mike, that I think is going to have a great yeah. rookie season. Um, this next question is from Ryan in Leeds. When Leeds win the Premier League next year, how will he celebrate? It's not going to happen, so <laughs> no point in... When, well, hopefully I'm in the stands when they cement their win over Liverpool. So you're going to fly from Hawaii to Leeds for a for, the, for that? For that? Yeah. For, you know what? When they down Liverpool to become champions, I'm, I, I might even fly you in just to have you be a part of this. I rather. I, well, not, <laughs> um, Sean Marks from Essex. Uh, we've got three or four questions left. Sean Marks from Essex. Will the NFC East have the worst overall divisional record of all divisions this coming season? And who will qualify out of the division? The Commanders with a yes. I think I think you know that division is going to be a little better than people think, right? Because the Cowboys, uh, I think, will have a bounce back season a little bit. I think, uh, obviously, the Commanders in the third year now with Ron Rivera, and I'm a big Ron Rivera fan. I think he's done an amazing job and a really, really, really tough job. Um, I think they have a chance. Um, Philly has gotten much, much better. And I think the Giants, I think I, the Joe Judge experiment was obviously didn't get it done. I think Brian Dable will give him a shot of juice 
Um, you're not a Daniel Jones fan. I am a little bit. I think he's better than people give him credit for. Uh, and I think that, you know, you're going to see that this year. Now, the, the division that I think could be bad, frankly, Michael, is the NFC North because I don't see how Detroit's going to be much better than maybe two wins better, three wins better. Chicago, you know, everybody's predicting they're only going to win three games. I think that's a little small. I think that's a little short. The Vikings have a lot of questions, and, you know, the Packers obviously are, are the kingpin of that division. So, you know, they may, if you talk about just total wins within the, the division, the if you throw the Packers out, right, let's say, let's say throw the Packers out, throw the Cowboys out, and you might say that the NFC East is going to have more wins than the NFC North when you talk about Chicago, Detroit, and Minnesota, as opposed to Philly, the Commanders, and the Giants. I just want to bring it up before we get the last two questions. Do you know during the season that Coach Belichick has a sponsored show with Dunkin' Donuts called what? Copy my coach. Swear to God. Swear to God. Anyway, Colin Smith uh, from England. Thoughts on the big news? He literally done that big news that the Patriots don't have conventional coaching assignments. Love your work, coach. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. And and uh, thank you for the question. Um, not really surprised about that because, you know, Belichick has always been one of those guys that's not afraid to, to move guys around on his staff, you know, to move guys up, move guys down laterally, whatever he thinks he needs to do to get the message to his players. And, you know, you look at a lot of those guys that he has back there now are guys that have had experience with him in the past that know him and know that everything that they teach, and I mean everything that they teach is Bill Belichick approved. There's not anybody, there are no independent contractors on that coaching staff. You're not going to go out on the practice field and teach something, whether it's even as fine as a technique on how you play the play a block or plant and drive out of your cut or, you know, how you catch the foot. Nothing, nothing is taught on that field that doesn't have Bill Belichick's seal of approval on it. So I think it's a good thing. It's good for the coaches, keeps them fresh. And it keeps the message fresh to the players. Final question before we get our guest on. It's from a guy in Keeley in England. It's called Tutti No Aniamo Leeds in brackets. We all love Leeds. Close brackets. Wow. my bro- I-, I love it. Uh, my-, my brother, do you think that the Raiders will definitely make the postseason after an impressive set of incomings? Hashtag A-L-A-W. Hashtag L-U-F-C. Hashtag Raider Nation. Wow, that's a, a good set of hashtags there, Jeff. This this might be my brother, right? I mean, this guy's got to be somehow related to me because he's a Leeds fan and a Raiders fan. So he's uh, he's got the double. <laughs> he's got the, he's doubly vexed. But no, I think the Raiders are going to be much better. The problem now again. See, this is where you can we can look at what the Raiders have done. And you say, wow, I think they're going to be much better, you know, this next year. But then you also got to say, okay, who, who are we competing against? Well, Kansas City, they're, they're one of the best in the league. 
Denver goes out and gets the thing that they desperately needed in Russell Wilson, our quarterback, and improved their football team. And San Diego, I think, has improved their football team. Or San Diego, the Chargers have improved their football team. So it's just like some of the other teams in the league. For example, look, you look at Miami. I don't know how many wins that improvement in Miami is going to translate to. You know, it might be two, it might be seven. It's just you don't, you never, never know. But I do believe that both those teams will be better. I think the Raiders have a chance to be a pretty doggone fo- good football team. I think McDaniels will do a much better job offensively, giving them balance. And, and then defensively, I'm not sold yet. I'm not sure about how good they are up front. Their, their overall defensive personnel is not great. So it's going to be important that, uh, that they have a great year. Jeff, I appreciate you doing this pre-recorded. I'm going to Spain tomorrow. I'm, I'm away. I'm hasta mañana. Uh, but we're going to be back next week, probably like next Tuesday. I want to thank everyone for getting the questions in. Uh, it's really been really great to Mike. get the questions, Jeff, and, and, and chat to fans. Jeff, who's this week's guest? This week's guest, before I get to this week's guest, i got to ask you this one question. Go for it. I'm always fascinated by this. When an Irishman goes to Spain, right, what level of sunscreen do you have to take? Well, look at this already. Look, I was at a, a football match, like a Gaelic football match on Sunday, right? And I was just sitting, sitting the whole time. And it went to it went to extra time, so it was on it went on for a while. And my nose is sunburned. Everything's like just red. Whereas my arms are white. I don't know. But yeah, like a lot, basically. I'll be as red as a uh, as a potato next week. <laughs> well, I look forward to seeing you next week. But our guest this week is a is a young coach uh, that I met when I was coaching at SMU. He came down to visit us, and uh, a friend of mine called from up in Montana and uh, said he wanted to send a, uh, his quarterback coach down to learn about the run and shoot offense. And and uh, you know, ended up that the guy ended up staying with my my son and I and because we lived right close to the field and we could walk right across the street to, to, to work every day. He stayed with us, I think it was a week. And I was really impressed with the young guy, really smart, really good heart, good coach, good communicator. Um, I've watched his career uh, as he's gone from college football back to high school football where he's a head coach in Herndon, Virginia, and a guidance counselor, uh, ex- extremely successful head coach, one of the really good teachers Right, because I think great teachers are. You talked about the Patriots coaching staff. Great coaching staffs have great teachers. Marcus Mayo is the, our guest today, and he is a great teacher. And he wrote a book called Mindful Quarterbacking, which I highly recommend to any athlete, particularly any young athlete. And if you're a parent, you should read it too, because it talks about not the physical part of playing quarterback, which everybody can talk about, but the mental aspect how to create a winning edge mentally for your players. And I think it's a fantastic book. So I asked him to come on and talk about his book. Brilliant, Jeff. Uh, Very well said. Folks, enjoy the interview. Jeff, I'll see you soon. Mahalo. All right, my brother. Take care. Aloha. Hey, Aloha. Welcome to a very special guest, a guy that I've known since 2009. And we were just, we were just back backstage, if you will, um, talking story about when we met for the first time in 2009 when we were at SMU and uh, this young guy was a guy that uh, 
had a real desire to be a football coach, real desire to be a understand the run and shoot offense. And he's parlayed all that into uh, now a career as a football coach, high school football coach in the state of Virginia. He's also a guidance counselor, a real, real good man, and has written a book that I have read and I find it fantastic. It's called Mindful Quarterback. And I got a copy of it right here. And it is available um, at coacheschoice.com. And if you have a young quarterback, and I think really for any athlete, it deals with the mental part of the game, which is a part of the game that too often we don't talk about, but we're gonna talk about it here this morning. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Marcus Mayo. Marcus, welcome to the show. Aloha, Coach. Appreciate you having me. It's great to see you. It's great to see you, my man. It's been a day or two since we met back in 2009, and you have done some great things in your career. And tell me now, uh, or tell our listeners and viewers now, you're in Virginia. You're, you're in the Herndon area in Virginia as a, as a head high school coach, all right? How did this come to be? What was the genesis of your book? So back in, um, I wrote it when I, you know, back in Montana, uh, while um, actually uh, coaching, uh, Carol called with Coach Van Deese, who you, I know, had some uh, great battles against uh, on the football field as a, as a coach yourself. And um, it was right before around the time I was um, getting ready to head to grad school before I got my master's degree in counseling. And actually, as time went on and um, playing um, football and playing the quarterback position and seeing the way it was coached, I realized over time that there was just a need to just focus on the mental components of what it takes to play the position and what might be the missing link towards getting improvement while coaching the position um they tie hand in hand uh coincidentally or not however we want to look at it um it really began to shift um for me when i began to learn in my undergrad uh, undergrad more about uh, mindfulness mindfulness meditation and um uh but we had this conversation coincidentally but years before the book was written about the way coach Morrison communicated with his quarterbacks and the calmness that he was able to deliver uh, with them. And just kind of that, um, I hope I'm right, that uh, aloha culture and communication about you don't need to be aggressive to get the most out of the way you coach and the way um, players respond to the way you respond is often the foundation of how they play. And I wanted to be able to expand that into an entire lifestyle on how you can coach and play the position and maximize a quarterback's ability to maximize what he wants to do and what a coach uh, wants him to do um, with those um, core applications. All right. So now just so the fans know, Dan Morrison was uh, a longtime partner of coach June Jones uh, at the University of Hawaii, and then on to SMU. And then, again, he was, Dan's most recent posting was with, at Washington State. 
as the interim offensive coordinator there. One of the really brilliant guys in the business, particularly about offensive football and quarterback play in general. And a he has a demeanor with players that is fantastic. And Unbelievable. It's, it's the best I've ever seen ever. And so now when you talk about two quarterback coaches in June Jones and, and Dan Morrison that can do amazing things with players, because if you look at the proof is in not so much what you know, but it's what your players know and what your players are, how they're able to perform. You can, you can do a history on those two guys and you're going to find, you know, some of the best quarterbacks that ever threw a pass have been coached by both of those guys. And neither one of them has probably ever raised their voice on the practice field. I, I cannot remember June Jones one time hollering, and I can never remember Dan Morrison speaking at a rate of louder than what we are right here today. So those guys influence you, right? And the whole mindfulness concept, Marcus, is fascinating to me for athletes because when you talk about some of the things the key components of mindfulness and you know when we talk about the the non-judgmental mind and you know what it's like to play totally free I see so many young players come to us in pro football that have been beaten down mentally to the point that they're almost uh, so afraid to fail yeah. that they never actualize themselves to the rate that they should. Absolutely. And has that been your, res- your response to the whole thing? Yeah. So I, I figured I knew there needed to be um, a change with, with, without judging the way coaches, because people get things done in different ways, um, but providing um, an opportunity for players to um, maximize their potential while basically, you know, playing free and not being hard on themselves uh, in terms of judgmental. Um, And oftentimes, as we all do, we allow our present moment to become our entire life's outcome. And when we make a mistake or we throw a, a, a bad pass, we throw the pick, we take the sack, we knock a team out of field goal range, whatever, turn the wrong direction on a handoff, whatever um, the case may be, we are more times than not associating that immediate result with the entire foundation of our life. And because we all, I've, I've been guilty of it and I start to reel myself in sometimes as coaches, we do the same thing. And then we project that current um, state into a full reality onto our players. Who that athlete is. And on who the athlete is, what they can and can't do. And our body language, our demeanor, the way we talk, it's not, it's not just a um, it's not just a moment for them because they're not trained themselves to hear the message, not the tone. For them, it's an existence. And the, the, a minor shift in um the way we approach someone can infect the entire mentality and tone of an entire game all right so let me let me let me take the readers into i believe it's chapter one and chapter one is 
entitled Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> so give me a little bit of the Hakuna Matata philosophy. So um, as millions and millions of people around the world know, Hakuna Matata, you know, you know, means no worries. And I actually began using um, that early um, in high school as a, as a QB's coach, because what I noticed was there would be a mistake and immediately the players, whether it's a mistake or something positive happened, would immediately turn for approval or prepare themselves for a particular um, tongue lashing or critique. And it kind of ties in with a lot of the running philosophy of hang loose, go reckless and score. And what I learned is when I communicate with my, my, my players that I'm going to have more patience with you than you're going to have with yourself. And I promise you that that's a non-negotiable. They immediately relax. When they make a mistake, Hakuna Matata is not, I don't care, but it's nothing that just happened nothing that just happened is going to um fix what just happened if that makes sense <laughs> nothing that well, just happened. You use the use the analogy that you use in the book because it's about Rafiki and Simba and an incident and, yeah. and you know what when I read it when I read your book it was like all of a sudden I remember that yeah little piece in the movie but I didn't get the message until I read your book yeah, so there's that part in the movie where um, Simba is um, dwelling on you know, everything that that's 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 happened to him, and Rafiki's telling me, you know, we just basically got to work in the present moment, the past of the past, and you got to let that go. Well, Rafiki, you know, Simba's not getting the message. Here's Rafiki hits him over the head with this stick, which I don't advise any coach to do, but they work for him. All right, he hits Simba in the head with this stick, and he said, what did you do that for? He goes, doesn't matter. It's in the past. He's like, but it still hurts. And he's like, the past does hurt, but you know, you can either, you know, stay in it or learn from it. And when we throw that pick six, it hurts. You have people booing you. It hurts and it can hurt in that moment. But what are you doing to work through that moment to be at your best when the next moment arrives? And I like to use the firework analogy. When a firework goes off, it's there for a moment. It shines good, good, bad, or indifferent, and it fades. And you're in, you're, you're in the now. You're in, you're in that next moment. And my philosophy, you know, the win the now mentality. We have to win what's here in the present moment. And when Rafiki takes another swing with the stick, Simba ducks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He learns from that painful experience which is so so many times and, and I, I I think about this in my own career so many times you you've provided that painful moment but not provided that second swing with the stick where they can prove that they learn from it or encourage them to learn from that 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 moment yeah and, and that often I believe happens um as coaches we all Every coach I know of communicate with talks about just move on to the next play. But it's words. 
it's not holistically a part of what they are and what and what they do. Um, and so they, I believe, you know, quarterbacks learn from that and all players and part of your life learns from that when they see it being applied from their leaders. So when that pick six happens and they're going down the sideline and it's really, all right, hey, next play, don't worry about it. Go on, you put your arm around them. All right, what did you see here? Boom. And they feel that from you. They're going to dodge that. They're going to dodge the, um, the, how, how would I say it? The urge to stay in that moment. They're going to identify the moment, have a wiser relationship with them, identify what it was, allow it to fade and just move on. And when they right, see now, that the culture, it works. One of the really cool things about the book is that throughout the book, in every chapter, in every component of the book, whether it's preparation or all of the things that you talk about, there are actually worksheets and it's an interactive opportunity for the athlete to talk about and write down, which is, I think, really important, not just talk about, but write down his goals, his steps to his goals, about you know, his ability to be in the moment about the, you know, how, how to actually become more mindful as an athlete. And that's why I say to me, it's a fantastic quarterback book because no position on the field has to deal. And you, you make this clear very early in the book, no position on the field has to deal with as much as a quarterback has to deal with mentally, emotionally, physically. It's the hardest position to play in all of sport. And yet, we have go to YouTube. There's a million drills. There's a million things, you know, there's a million guys coaching, you know, the feet, the footwork to the, how the ball comes out of your hand, the yada, 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 you know, right. there's all kinds of that information, but this is the first time I've ever seen the mental aspect, the mindfulness aspect, the ability to cut it loose and just play. Right. Yeah, which is something that I think about all of the really good ones. And I, Marcus, it's amazing. I've had the opportunity to be around coach five different Heisman Trophy winning quarterbacks and all different guys, all different personalities, all different physical structures, all different God-given abilities. But the one thing that I would say is common with all of them is they had the ability, particularly when they were in, quote, the moment that you talk about flow, when they were, they were, June describes it this way, playing without a conscience. It's it's like they were so free at that moment. And how to access that is what another key of when I, why I think this is such a great book, because you actually take an athlete into how to access that flow that the sports psychologists talk about yeah um absolutely and you know i so some people will, who have read the book will be like oh so all of a sudden i'll just fall into this state of zen i'm like well i'm not if you do wonderful be, be a billionaire <laughs> um but it does provide that map for you to begin that making as you, as you said begin making that a part of your routine and um and in in your lifestyle and it's um provides um 
opportunities for you to also identify when you're there, you know, how to keep yourself there, or even mindfulness is really identifying when you're not there. And then having those routines to bring you back, you know, just being fully present. Um, like I've uh, been watching for years. I mean, Tom Brady, I mean, it's eerie when you know he's going into that state. The Super Bowl, the Super Bowl against Atlanta, I remember smiling at my friend and um, he, I mean, he's sitting there with his head down on the beat and they have this shot of him down, whatever it was, big. And um, I smiled at my friend and he said, he said, why are you smiling? I said, because people are mistaking his calmness for defeat. And he, they, they as a, you know, pretty similar as a culture are able to, but just as a, as a culture, um, you know, I think that's one of the best examples. Uh, and there, and there, there's been me through history, um, one of the best examples of just being fully present. And of course, Tom does an incredible job of that, but that entire culture of that organization was able to just be in that moment one at a time and you know you could see um, as some of the Atlanta players have admitted they started getting a little you know anxious they were projecting ahead and trying to you know do more than they could do and um, I think that's a just a great lesson for um, for everyone with that example. Um, well I think that's a tremendous analogy right there because you talk about that game and there were eight minutes from a Super Bowl championship Atlanta was eight minutes but the problem that they encountered in those eight minutes is the they mentally were trying to get to zeros on the clock yeah. as opposed to playing that one play that they had with eight minutes left to go and then the next play with eight minutes and or seven minutes and whatever seconds left yeah. to go and then the next play at six minutes yeah. and 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 so forth this is fascinating stuff because um my brother marcus who's a baseball coach on Kauai, went to west point and west point has a uh, leadership college on campus where my brother goes and and does um basically mindfulness training for athletes and he's he's you know he subscribes to a lot of the same things you do positive self-talk how to get yourself focused and be in the now all of the things that are quote new agey for football coaches but really for every athlete for every human being these are skills that carry over you know we always talk I love to talk about transferable skills things that a running back has to do that a defensive back has to do physically but these are all transferable mental skills for every athlete yeah absolutely um the the so when when i when i put the book together i first wanted to go after of course the quarterback position that's that's as we, we already talked on that's it's, your thing it's, it's <laughs> your thing um but when um it, you know, being able to your point to have things be universal that can be applied is um, really um, the main goal where I'm taking that um, uh, that next um, uh, that next step. But we often have 
like you said, there's drills to do a bunch of things. There's the footwork, the throwing, how to read coverages. There's so many other systems. I mean, there's the running shoot, there's the triple option, there's the Earhart Perkins offense, the Don Coriel, Sid Gilman. I mean, West Coast, you name it. There's all of these different ways to do things. But the what's what's something that, you know, or what's something that I can contribute to the game that's universal that anyone can apply. Um, and that when a coach applies and or a quarterback coach applies, it allows them to be maximized, um, you know, in their, you know, in their system. We're definitely not. It's, so there's no, you know, wishbone versus run and shoot clash <laughs> on which way it's the best way to do things. This can, you know, however you want to do it, you know, this, 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 this can help. I'm telling you, like, I was going to say you hit a home run with this, but that's a baseball analogy. So let me say you threw a touchdown pass with this one. This is a great book, and I'm, I recommend it extremely highly. You can get it at CoachesChoice.com. Hit up Marcus. Marcus, how can people follow you on social media and, and uh, stay in contact with you? So if they have questions about the book or questions about mindfulness training for athletes in general, how do they for reach sure. you? Um, so, uh, just second with the book, you can find it on a uh, coach of choice and then, um, you can also get it on, uh, through Amazon, um, which is, you probably get it pretty, pretty quick through that way too. If you have prime, no sponsorship, but shout out to prime. They, they, they've saved me a few times. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can reach out to me, um, at when the now FB, um, W I N T H E N O W F B on, uh, on Twitter. And, um, you know, you hit me up with, uh, with a message, um, and you know, I'll, I'll definitely respond. And, um, there's like, I'm, I'm always looking forward to, 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 to learning, um, as well and, uh, hearing feedback and, um, uh, from everyone. I'm, 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 I'm a student of the game first. So. Well, I'm gonna tell you something, what you are is a great man and great football coach. And, uh, you know, I just, I really think as, as a guy that um, has watched your career blossom from that young kid that just, just had so many questions. I, I knew it all back then. <laughs> <laughs> it's the longer really I coach, the more I realize I don't know much. So. <laughs> <laughs> but it's awesome to connect, reconnect with you and congratulations on the book. And thank you for being on the show. And we're going to have you on the show and we'll, we'll delve into some of this stuff even deeper Absolutely. as we go forward. Absolutely. Thank Looking you, Marcus. Yep. No problem, coach. Much aloha, man. Same to you, coach.